This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Camelot. Camelot. It's only a model. Oh, it is time for the roundtable on a Friday. And who do we have? The morning duo, the big cheeses on WFNZ in Charlotte. We have Mac. We have T-Bone. Mac and Bone in the morning, 92.7 WFNZ. And this show, uh, when we get around to it, airs from 7 to 9 uh, in uh, in Charlotte uh, when, they, when they don't have anything better to do. We're a last resort, and that's okay. I'm happy to be on in Charlotte regardless of how often it is. Uh, so, Mac, hi to you, and Bone, hi to you. What's up? Nothing. Good afternoon. Hey, this sounded like a good idea on Wednesday before Mac and I had a little uh, Friday hay rube at about 8.30 this morning. So I think we're back on speaking terms. But uh, this felt better, Mac, two days ago, didn't it? Did, did, I, did, I, did, I miss, did I miss an on-air tiff? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it wasn't anything that we haven't had before. But, uh, you know, we, uh, there was some yelling and there was some name called and uh, mothers got brought up. But oh, you know, no. All in all, it, it's fine. It, oh. You know, he apologized, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. What was the subject matter? Uh, I thought South Carolina. <laughs> Some of these always sound back more ridiculous when you re- go back on them. I thought South Carolina uh, may be able to compete a little bit with Georgia tomorrow when Mac, uh, Mac was talking. Really? You guys had an argument over that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys spent too much time together. How about yesterday's argument, Bone? Yesterday's argument is that Bone has uh, apparently – uh, left me alone on the Panthers wagon. Uh, the Panthers ten win express. Bone has left the Panthers ten win express. That got feisty too, Adam. Really? Well, yeah, why I'm was on, there I'm even on the eight win? I dropped the eight wins now, and Mac is Mac just can't. Mac is now throwing me away completely here. Why so was there even a ten win express? I'm I'm curious. <laughs> why was there even a ten win express? Uh, okay, it's fine. You can have one. You can have a 10-winner. We're going to talk about the Panthers, uh, and also I'm going to ask you this, because obviously if you think South Carolina can compete at Georgia, that's entirely up to Georgia, uh, and that was uh, that was you, Bone, who thinks that uh, South Carolina can compete at Georgia. Uh, who's better? Who would win right now, neutral site, South Carolina or App State? Uh, well, I would have said a couple weeks ago, App State was at a little bit of a crossroads, and last week they proved that, hey, they're, they're still App State, but... You know, they beat A&M last year on the road, and it didn't translate to them having no. a great conference season. So, I mean, yeah, if you base it off of last week, although Gardner-Webb played them well the first week, I mean, if you go by last week, yeah, then and the, the opponent, then it's App State back. But I think that, you know, App State's got to prove that that they are legitimately still App State, and it's going to come in the next couple of weeks and when they get the conference play. What do you think, how about Matt? this one? How about, how about we ask Tar Heel fans who scared them more? The Tar, <laughs> let's do this Tar Heel fan stress test. I feel like they yeah. would say App State. I, well, I think I actually think App is better. The tar- okay. South South Carolina could not run the ball a lick on Carolina. App could. I think that's to me that's the eye test right there. I did, I thought South Carolina's offensive line was uh, exactly. Uh, was Where very were you trash. this morning when I was talking to Bone about the Gamecocks? Where were you? I, I was. Should I just leave you guys? Will you be here? I was trying to get ninety two seven so I could hear the fight. Uh, but I, uh, but I missed it. All right. So, uh, fans were, were jumping off bridges in the preseason after a loss. Uh, how, uh, how are fans handling, 
Uh, Mac, how are fans handling two interceptions, one turnover, uh, and a 14-point loss in Atlanta? Are they still – I know you're still optimistic. Uh, I know uh, I know Bone isn't. Uh, but how are fans <laughs> handling this? And not his fans. Panther fans have not really handled anything well, really, since Cam Newton was fully healthy. Right. <laughs> it's been about it's been about five or six years since I think we handled anything well. Um, it's been a rough week, man. Uh, Bone should read some of his favorite text off the uh, WFNZ text line <laughs> from the week. Uh, it, it, it's, it's gotten it's gotten ugly. I do think as the week's going on, I thought Panther fans were getting better. But then, Bone, we had the freaking little matters of the serious J.C. Horn injury. We didn't know the severity of that yeah. uh, until a couple of days ago. And then Brady Christensen going on IR and realizing that it'll be at least a few weeks until they have one of their starting guards. So uh, I feel like the injuries kind of threw Panther fans for like a, a loop all over again in the middle of the week. Yeah, for the. Look, I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying things are a little bit difficult right now, but we spent a segment plus today on should the Panthers trade for Hunter Renfro of the Raiders. So uh, that's uh, that's sort of the state of mind. Wow. I think the Panther fans right now are in still in disarray <laughs> over what they've seen in the Matt Rule era. And what, you know, it was bad, but until this team starts to show consistent offensive production, until they get that rolling, and I said it in the preseason, there needs to be some eyewash. The fans, even though it's a different regime, different quarterbacks, until the fans start to see the the plan come together, everything goes back to just this this dark place that we were in. And last week, they got brought back to that again with a turnover. So until these fans start to see, I think, consistent offensive play, they're always going to go back to the hell that was Matt Rule in the last couple of years. We're going to bring up a Matt Rule soundbite here in a second. Victoria, get the the short version of the Matt Rule soundbite because I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh Uh, No, you'll love it. You'll love it, and I I want you to have it. We'll send it to you uh, so you can use it for the rest of the season. Uh, Bryce Young, we're talking with Mac and Bone from 92.7 WFNZ in Charlotte. Uh, there in the mornings. When we get around to it, uh, my show airs in the in the evenings uh, on uh, on FNZ. So Bryce Young wants chunk plays. So Bone, how do we get chunk plays out of this offense? Uh, well, there's not that many options. DJ Chark, the wideout they signed from the Lions, was injured in Week One, and the the Falcons could play to that last week. There was no threat whatsoever down the field. So their all-pro safety, Jesse Bates, could really do what he wanted to do. Frank Wright called it cheating, cheating, but, you know, in the sense of the position where he could just play up. And it was mm-hmm. all in the middle of the field, and there wasn't a lot of creativity without Chark. So once Chark gets in there, at least it gives them a semblance of a threat. And Mac and I were talking today, it's almost like a team that doesn't shoot the three-point shot well in basketball. And last week was that where the Falcons could sort of almost pack it yep. in in a football way. And there was no threat deep. Once Chark gets in there, and they have to hit a couple. Uh, until they hit a couple, no one's going to respect the deep ball game with the Panthers. So I think Chark can help that. But if he's not in there, it is going to have to be really creative, really schematic. They're going to have to really go deep in their bag with the run game and all these other things because it's really Chark and hopefully Terrace Marshall. But besides that, there are not a lot of options deep. Great basketball analogy. By the, by the way, I like because uh, it's true. Uh, the, if you can't stretch the defense, but you got, I think you got yeah. to the way they can do it. Uh, and Mac, I know we we talk a lot about well, you run to set up the pass, but Dave Doran was talking about play action pass killing them against Notre Dame. Isn't that what the Panthers have to do? Dig in, lean into 
uh, keep pounding the hashtag and get to your identity. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I don't think they have. You know, we talked to Michael Lombardi this week on mm-hmm. the show here in Charlotte, and and he his point was he wants to know what the identity is. He he says he watched in the preseason, he watched in week one. He, he, he wants this team to establish an identity. He says he hasn't seen it. I think what you're talking about, Adam, is what they want the identity to be. You know, Frank Reich has talked about it as this, you know, quarterback guru, former quarterback. But they ran the ball extremely well with Jonathan Taylor and Indy. They were, I think, a top 11 mm-hmm. running team, three of his first four years there. So I think they want to run first, throw the play action off of that. What Bone's talking about and what you were talking about in, in the first question, though, is the problem, too, like – the running game is obviously hurt by the fact that you don't need to honor that deep passing game with two deep safeties. You can easily put that eighth man yeah. in the box and, and give the, and maybe give the running game a hard time. That could be the next twist is that we struggle to run the ball because we can't throw it deep. So I'm with Bone. I think DJ Chark coming back is, is the one big hope to kind of open things up a little bit. But, yeah, I think the identity should definitely be run first, no doubt about it. And they ran it pretty damn well last week, even without the deep passing game. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe Bryce Young running a little more. Maybe not necessarily design runs because that's not where he's best, but Bryce Young out in space like Russell Wilson used to be. I think yeah. Bryce Young's legs can set up like it did against the Lions in the preseason. I thought – Bryce Young's legs and throwing on the run and moving and it got him going. Can Bryce Young's legs open things up as well a little bit for the offense? That is part of I think every NFL team's repertoire at this this time. You know, Tom Brady's out of the league. Everybody else can make plays with their legs. Speaking of Tom Brady, um, Max, should the Jets sign him? Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I, I, is this even a possibility? He owns another team. Right. I, I mean, Nobody's I talked about like this, that. I feel like the media is trying to like make this happen, and and there is like zero chance of this actually happening. Zero, because he owns part of the Raiders. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing in the world like, that it's even up. been brought up. It's Can ridiculous. I say something as a jet as a jet fan? How if that were to actually happen in your right deck, the Raiders thing? It's almost like he owned a team just to. They retired in a way. I, I'm wondering if that's part of the. He knew this was coming. He wanted to avoid the Jets, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I think as a as a longtime Jets fan, and trust me, be nice to me here. I've been through a lot in my last 39 years. Um, you know how many how much that guy has ruined most of my adult life, and how much pride to the side yeah. I'd have to put to root. Do you guys think I just want to root for Tom Brady to win the Jets? Yeah, I'd root for him. That would be weird, though, wouldn't it, if you won a Jets championship? How weird would that be? Hey, Darrell Revis, didn't he win a Super Bowl with the uh, with the Patriots, right? Yeah. Right? I was trying yeah. to forget that one, too, but thank you, Adam. We, talk, sorry, we talked to Mike Greenberg yesterday. Because legitimately, when Aaron Rodgers went down, the first thing I thought about, the very first thing, was I hope Greeny's okay. I really <laughs> wanted them to take his belt and shoelaces away because anything was on the table at that point, given how much Greeny had talked about um, Rodgers and the Jets and the offense and the Super Bowl, which I don't even think the Jets were a playoff team 
with Aaron Rodgers. I thought they were a contender for a playoff team, but I, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. Uh, but Greeny, it was like being in a, in a therapy session yesterday. He 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 talked he talked his way through it. He didn't want to hang up the phone. He knew I was a sympathetic ear. He did uh, he did not want to hang up the phone. By the way, I'm getting a lot of we'll just say uh, love letters, air quotes from uh, from some uh, some fans in Charlotte uh, who don't like the fact that I have uh, at least pointed some of the hypocrisy out about how North Carolina argued so vehemently for uh, restriction, more restrictions on second-time transfers, and now this has come back to bite them. I'm not saying that the NCAA was right. They were they were wrong. Tez Walker should have been eligible, even by the new restrictions. But is there an element of you get what you look for kind of thing, Mac? By the way, Adam, I, yeah, I'm, glad that you, I'm glad those love letters got directly to you. Because our text line was blowing up, I thought you came on and said uh, said go they did it let's go Duke Chan or something. I thought you I, listen, <laughs> I thought you had prayed to go Hey, they were Tar Heel fans were so mad at you, man. Really? What a day that was. Send those to me. I want to hear those. <laughs> I want to we'll hear those. To, we'll read them off to you next Wednesday on your weekly spot. I I, I would absolutely love to hear them. I mean, what what why why are we afraid of all of? I mean, look, it's a very nuanced uh, situation. Why are we afraid of all of the elements of the story? We can't just pick and choose the things that we like. I mean, some of the, like it wasn't just because Mac Brown and North Carolina argued for more restrictions because they, they weren't the only ones. There was like a hundred coaches that wanted more restrictions. But I mean. There were a whole bunch of stories written because Mac was vocal about it. Like I feel like they wanted some restrictions, though, but I felt that they wanted – maybe this was the problem. I felt like they wanted restrictions with situational logic. But maybe they should have known that situational logic Thank is you. not going to come from the NCAA, that they would just give you your restrictions and say, no, nope, letter of the law, you asked for it. I, I just – I just like David Hale from ESPN made this – I think he sent it out in a tweet. Adam and and he made this analogy and I don't know you might you might not like this analogy but he said basically this would be like so you know someone asking for speeding laws but then when somebody does get caught for going like 10 miles an hour over the speed limit you you put them in prison for it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it just it just feels like yes they wanted more guidelines but it feels like like the NCAA always does there's no common sense. There's no logic when it comes to enforcing your guidelines. It seems like they just suck at that. But maybe that's part of your point. Maybe your point was you asked this crappy organization, you know what I mean, to legislate this. Maybe that's part of your point, I guess. Right, because there's no there's no way you can know what the threshold is to meet the mental health uh, benefit for Tez Walker to be granted eligibility based on the new rules. Based on the old guidelines, which were in effect the time Tez Walker transferred and enrolled at North Carolina, his coach leaving would have been good enough, right? That his, Your yeah, coach yeah. leaving for another school would have been good enough for you to get that second waiver. When, uh, when the new guidelines went into effect and every school was told, every school was told in March, by the way, just a reminder that we're, nobody's grandfathered in and these are the new rules. Every, every school was told the only avenue UNC had was the mental and emotional well-being of the athlete, which I believe that Tez Walker meets the criteria, but the NCAA clearly never bought it. They were the only time they've ever been consistent 
was within this case. They clearly never bought it. I don't know why, but I feel my, bad my for the kid. My question is why in all these cases we've seen over the years, why does it take them so long to get around to these cases? Ted Walker was in camp with the Tar right. And, you know, why, why is this not done a month prior, two months prior? Why do we do all these media days for all these conferences? Mm-hmm. And, and then it's decided we do the voting and the media votes and, and all this stuff. And then you take a player away. Why is this stuff not done in the late spring, early summer? Why, I, we see the basketball too once in a while where a player in November will be deemed ineligible or late October. Yeah. Why and, and then you brought up the fact that and Matt did about the Charlotte Tar Heel fans being mad at Adam. Hey, welcome to my past eighteen years, fellas. <laughs> it look, it's just a sign that you're doing it right. That's all it is. <laughs> it's a you have if you can get all of the school all of the local schools mad at you at the same time, whoo, that is fantastic. Well that's 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 Mac, that's Mac's MO. Mac, is it a Mac, triangle Mac, of hate towards you, Adam? Is that what's going on? It's it's beautiful. No, I, I, I want state fans to think I'm a Carolina fan. Carolina fans think I'm a Duke fan. And Duke fans think that I'm a state fan or that I just hate Duke. Because all of those <laughs> things happen at the same time, which means that I guess I'm just telling the truth, which is apparently a sin uh, in, uh, in many cases. Uh, all right. Who wins? Or I, we'll get, no, this is the way we're going to close this. Matt Rule had this to say after they lost to Colorado by about a thousand. Like this, this is kind of this is kind of what you get when you hire me. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what you kind of get. <laughs> Do you have any problem with what Matt Rule just said? No, sounds about right. Losing, losing is what you get when you hire Matt Rule. I, See, totally factual. I what I. You don't need the rest of that where he explains no, no. our foundation is going to be built on rock. No, it's oh. not. What are, What are you talking about? I, I I can no longer tell the difference between Dennis Cox and the actual Matt Rule. So I don't know if that was Dennis, if that was uh, – it, Matt, Matt Rule, I, I talked to Dennis the other day. Uh, his, his impression is almost not – you can't make up what Matt Rule might say next. It's unbelievable. This is what you get when you hire me. You get you, you get beat you get beat by twenty eight or whatever that uh, that score margin was. Uh, by the way, I've got Northern Illinois plus eleven at Link in Lincoln this weekend. Kind of like the uh, kind of like the Huskies to keep that one close. Uh, but Nebraska will probably there you go. Uh, that is uh, Chris McLean, Travis Hancock, Mac and Bone. 92.7 WFNZ in Charlotte from the morning show. I'll talk to you guys Wednesday, if not before. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, and having fun with us. All right, All right brother. You, All right, see you, Bo. You All right, man, we'll see you. <laughs> it's a good thing these guys are talking again. That would have been that would have been really icy. I know. Right? Save it just for us. So. You know, do you remember the point? You, you, you don't, you're not old enough to know this. For people my age will remember Point Counterpoint from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when they were having their uh, their little feud. Little All right, <laughs> we will. It's cute. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.